Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash, the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Keaton, Andrew Lagori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Lucas Lobo, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, and Ash Event. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Welcome back to another episode where we're making lists of things, our top fives of whatever our patrons choose. And this week, we got scarring horror experiences. That's right. Uh, what are our top five of those? But before I get into that, hi, Shane. Hi. Hello. Yes. And I, of course, am still Chris. Uh, it's nice to be back making another list. Isn't isn't this fantastic? Lists lists are always always good, you know. And uh, was you why why I'm surprised it took us this long to get to get to the spoops, but here we are, finally, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially and with how say, popular apparently that is for for us on stream Sundays. At least at least for me, people like to see me get scared. Evidently, well, you getting scared is great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think you. they want to see me get scared too. But you know, I'm I'm not going to do it yet. Mm. <laughs> you have those indie titles. You know where to find them, dude. I have so many. I just, I just spent like fifty more dollars on the friggin' Steam sale, and I think I picked up like at least three or four more indie oh, horror God. games. So I've, I've got plenty to get through. Coming, coming to a streaming service near you. That's right. And uh, we, we still have all those ones you haven't beaten yet. So I know. There's that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, guess what? I, I remembered to do a thing oh. that I told everyone I screwed up and didn't do last time. Uh, thank you, Tony G, for recommending this topic. And if you want to recommend a topic, just join our Patreon. All patrons are able to nominate a topic and vote on the topics for our quarterly poll. And you can find that at rhp.show slash Patreon. There you go. All right. Well, I guess I guess uh, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and just get right into this thing, right? Um, just so. like a good horror game. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, all right. So, Chris, why don't you uh, why don't you kick this off with your number five emotionally scarring horror game moment? Number five. All right. So I just want everyone to know before I get into this list, much like the Metroidvanias, there's going to be some glaring omissions because I am a big pussy and playing <laughs> games that are scary is not something that I generally like to do. As much as I say I like scary games, I think I've said this before in the podcast, I don't play a lot of them. So here we go. You're going to be hearing a lot of pretty much the same series, I think. Uh, but we're going to start out, or mainstream, I should say. Uh, my number five is that big worm thing from Dead Space. Mm. When it when it grabs your grabs your leg and starts dragging you. 
that's that's never a fun thing. In fact, I, you know, I never found Dead Space Dead Space. I never found Dead Space very scary, to be honest. I hmm. I on the record, I think about this mostly because I have too much fun cutting people up with the plasma cutter. True. But that worm, man, knowing that if I miss, I'm pretty much screwed and getting an instant game over, and it can just kind of pop out of nowhere. That that kind of riled me up. I am a sucker for running away from jump scares, and that is a good jump scare. So my number five, Dead Space, the worm, what whatever that infected worm thing is, necro worm. All right, that's a good pick. Well. My I'm 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 immediately going off script because oh. my number five is not a horror game, but this qualifies that I, I believe that this deserves to be on this list and okay. considering it's my list, I'll do what I want. Indeed. So indeed. Yeah. Uh, so my number five is the haunted piano from Mario 64. Oh, oh God. <sighs> fuck that thing. Dude, <laughs> like I it makes it even worse because it's in a Mario game. Like I don't know which developer or group of developers were just like sadistic enough to be like, "You know what we need to do in this family-friendly Mario 3D romp? We totally need to put a piano that just looks like a regular ass piano until Mario gets close enough to it." And then it starts jumping around with these giant sharp-ass shark teeth inside the top lid, slamming up and down, and it chases you. And not only that, but, like, the the off-key, like, slamming of the piano keys is so fucking unnerving. Like, men, many a child's pants were shat because of that piano, and I was definitely one of them because I remember getting this game and playing through it as a kid and getting to that point and just getting jump scared out of my fucking skin. So the Mario 64 piano can go fuck itself. And that's why it is my number five. <laughs> that That is a great jump scare. You don't expect that. No, not at all. Number four. All right, my number four isn't really a moment. It's just, um, I'll just get right into it. It's like the opening 10 minutes of Amnesia. Mm. I booted that game up. I, I played it for a little bit, and I just noped the fuck out, especially when I realized that I, I couldn't attack, and the entire game was about hiding and stuff. So I was like, no, um, I am absolutely not playing this game. It's dark. I'm holding a candle or something, and there's always something that, like, the audio is just perfect and there's always something about to attack me and the vision is all messed up uh i i couldn't do it i couldn't tolerate it i just said no i pressed escape i turned it off and i haven't gotten back to it since because i was just the, the shit was scared out of me maybe literally my memory is fuzzy i i don't know but the opening 10 minutes of amnesia are, are definitely something i'd say i'd never forget but my mind has erased it thoroughly as scrubbed it clean i just remember being thoroughly terrified during that time so there you go the like first opening 10 minutes of amnesia because that's all i've played you know the funny thing about that is i think you you made it at least far enough to where you started playing so you probably didn't get this but there is an achievement for that game called nope if you quit the game immediately after the opening cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't get that it wasn't yeah, that bad yeah 
Okay, well, my number four is, uh, I mean, I'm sure there are several parts of this game, and I suppose that probably applies to the rest of these lists too, but one particular sequence really got to me in Condemned Criminal Origins, which for the record mm. really needs to be brought to like modern systems because it is it is a classic horror game. But uh, I think you can play it on the Series X. Can you now? I think so. Oh, well, good. There you go. Well, then you should go play it if you haven't, because it's a really good one. <laughs> but uh, specifically the mannequins in the abandoned uh, department store. Holy shit. So, and I mean, I suppose we should say whatever spoilers for pretty much all of this shit. Uh, but yeah, there is a section of the game where you are in this derelict uh, apart department store. And there are, of course, you know, these mannequins strewn about in different places just left to kind of rot. And that in it of itself is scary enough. Mannequins in this kind of a setting are usually always kind of terrifying. But you then start to notice that like some of them move when you're not looking. And then there's an entire sequence where there's a group of mannequins that are just like standing around sort of like in a semicircle and you walk past them and you hear something and you turn around and they've moved and they're all just standing closer to you and they keep cool. doing that. No. Yeah. And then eventually no. you find out that uh, it may not necessarily be haunting so much as there are just fucking psychopaths dressed up as mannequins with like mannequin pieces like on their face and stuff standing what? still long enough for you to walk by and then they try to axe murder you oh my god so yeah that's fucking horrifying and uh that's why i still remember it to this day because i really wanted to just nope right out of that um so that is why it's my number four jesus that's your number four yep <laughs> Oh my god! It makes me feel like I have like a chi children's sandbox for sandbox version of this. <laughs> Fuck me! Oh man, that before I get to my number three, I just want to say that makes me really want to see a Doctor Who game, like or a Doctor Who inspired game where you do nothing but like walk in a house filled with weeping angels. Oh yeah, like a like a survival horror kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually that surprised be... that hasn't been done yet. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, I'm surprised too. It seems like such an a no-brainer, but... Right. Number three. All right, my number three is the schoolhouse from Silent Hill. Mm. Not so much, like, nowadays, but this is more like when I was growing up and I played it when it first came out. I, I don't know what it was, but just, like, seeing all the child ghosts run around, and I think that's the first real building you find yourself in that game. Am I Am I correct there? In, like you, in you the walk first around. Silent Hill? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it's the school Hill. is the first place, yeah. Yeah, so the school, because I went in there, it was just a creepy environment. I think I was more expecting another Resident Evil game, because this was hot off the heels of Resident Evil 2. And Resident Evil 2 did go, go in a more action direction. Even the first one was a little bit more action-y, even though it had a lot more horror tropes. But Silent Hill, as we have discussed on this show for the first two games, was pretty much pure horror. It didn't really deviate from that. You're, you're a regular dude running around with a pipe who runs out of breath, and the schoolhouse was just so surreal. I remember when I was, how old was I? Like 14, just being creeped out of my mind. I think I stopped playing it at that point 
because I was just like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't like these kids running around. I don't know what else could be in here. This is freaky. So if you're talking about like a emotionally scarring, yeah, definitely. Uh, just this is back when horror games were really getting started uh, in terms of console gaming and the main, more of the mainstream. And yeah, the schoolhouse just creeped the fuck out of me. So yeah, my number three is the schoolhouse from Silent Hill. Okay, well, my number three is a a pretty small little sequence, actually, but incredibly memorable for for what it does, and uh, and that is the the latter sequence in Fear. Hmm. So, typically in games, especially in horror games, ladders and things like that are usually a reprieve. Right, because most of the time you get locked into an animation going up and down a ladder, and that typically means that you at least have a few moments where you're pretty certain that nothing is going to happen and you're relatively safe. Um, pretty much every game does that, and Fear yes. does that for pretty much the whole game, except one time to completely subvert that expectation, and that's why it's so memorable. Um, because I can't think of another game that's done this quite this way. But you end up approaching this one particular ladder and you're supposed to climb down. And up until this point, not a whole lot has happened. So it's sort of building this tension because you're expecting something to happen. Um, and you you once you engage with the ladder, and again, fear is a first-person shooter. So you're in a first-person perspective. So you you grab onto the ladder and you swing around and the view swings around and as you swing around and start to climb down Alma shows up standing right in front of your fucking face at the top of the ladder and then just like disappears like she does in you know that like sort of black ash floating away kind of animation doing that creepy ass giggly thing and that was already a jump scare number 1 but they're not done with you Oh no, because that happens and you're like, well, fuck me. I was not expecting that. And now my heart's jumping out of my chest. And then you climb down the ladder. And as soon as you hit the bottom and your character turns around to keep walking down the hallway, then another ghost figure shows up directly in front of you <laughs> and then starts walking towards you and then fades away as well. So they they just they did not let up on that one like they subvert the whole thing with the ladder sequence where you think you're going to be safe and then you're not and then you're like okay we got the jump scare out of the way um so we're good and they're like no motherfucker here's a second one uh <laughs> so yeah that's that's why it's at the middle of my list and i mean just in general fear is a fantastic game so i highly recommend it if you're into horror games cuz it really does some uh some pretty cool stuff by the way, Fear is another game that you can play on your Xbox Series X. Mm. That it actually it it has an improved frame rate, so I think it's up to sixty frames per second now, uh, mm -hmm. improved resolution. Uh, but you can only play it if you have the physical disc. Interesting. Yeah, because it's not available on the store. So if you have the physical disc, you can play it with upgrades. But uh, or you, you could just go you know have been playing in sixty FPS the entire time if you had a PC. What's a PC? Number two. All right, so now it's time for my number two. And my number two is getting caught by Lisa in PT. <laughs> because um, 
if you want to be mentally scarred for the rest of your life, just go play PT. It's terrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. Uh, Kojima and Del Toro do an absolutely amazing job of scaring the piss out of you. That that that, ga that game is so surreal. And if you get to the point where you get captured by this this woman who's like haunting you the entire game, and you can you can see her in very creepy positions throughout the game. I think you can see her in a window. You can see her up on the banister looking down at you at some points. She's, uh, you know, you can, doors are slamming, which is assumably her. You can hear her breathing behind you and stuff like that. And then at some point she might catch you. And when she catches you, it is, it is, I, you girls shrieking action for <laughs> lack of a better term, because, oh my God, it's, if you don't know, go play. Well, you can't play PC because it doesn't exist anymore unless it's on your hard drive on your PS4, maybe. But holy shit, uh, pirate, 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 pirate. I don't care. I don't care if people get mad at me. Do the illegal thing. Go pirate this game and play PT because you, you need it in your life. If you have not been scared, if you think you're a big manly man or a manly girl, go and go and play PT. And uh, yeah, uh, wear your brown pants, especially when you get caught by Lisa. <laughs> All right. My uh, my my runner up on my horror moments list is not necessarily so much because it's like frightening, but in that it is intensely uncomfortable. Mm. And that is the eye surgery sequence in Dead Space 2. Yeah. So, ah. yeah. Uh, so in case you aren't aware of what this is, at one point you as as the main character you have to enter into what kind of looks a bit like in uh like an EKG machine and the reason you're doing this is because it's you've been told that it's the only way to alleviate these these like visions and hallucinations that your character is having and the way to do that is to carefully sink a needle directly into the middle of your eyeball without killing no. yourself and no. it is a mini game that you end up playing where the camera is like super up close to your character's face and the machine does the thing from uh, from Clockwork Orange where it like pries your eyeballs wide open and no. your eye is like moving around erratically and that's what the mini game is, is trying to like move the needle to position it so that it will hit directly in the center of your eye because if you push down at the wrong time, it just basically lobotomizes you and blood splatters everywhere and he screams and you die. And there's just, like I said, it's not that it's frightening. It is that it is so unnerving and just makes you like squirmy uncomfortable because most people get super uncomfortable when it comes to their eyes, myself yes. included. Like yes. I, I won't even wear contacts because I hate the idea of sticking anything in my eye. So like this was just very, like I said, intensely uncomfortable. So that is why it is it is where it is on my list. Uh, because of that, I'm going to have to give a brief shout out to Corey and Chris. Corey, friend of the show. He's been on our show a couple times. But uh, from the Here's My Question for You podcast, they had like two episodes where they're talking about eye surgery that had been performed on them or their guest. Mm -hmm. And they're going into like graphic detail about how they would put a syringe in their cornea. Nope. And then, yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's... 
I had I I it was hard to make it past that part of the show. <laughs> it was bleh. like please stop, please stop. So I don't think I'd be able to handle that well. Mm-mm. Not, nope. Mm. That's like uh, when it's like my wife went to get LASIK and they wanted me to be there in the room with her and having to mm-hmm. see that where they were like zooming in on her eye with a laser and I was just like, <laughs> nope, I don't care. I will go blind. I do not want that shit anywhere near my eyeballs. Ooh, then you don't you don't want to know what PRK is then, do you? Uh, probably not. Nope. No, it's, it's pretty much they take a toothbrush and they take it to your eye. Great. Thank but, you for yeah. telling me that. I didn't want I've to know. It it's great. Mm-hmm. It's fun. That sounds like a good time. I can I can see great now though. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Okay, my number one is cliche as fuck. I am not ashamed to say it though. My number one, emotionally scarring. This is what I saw when I was like 11, 12 years old, and I will never forget it for the rest of my life. It is when the zombie dog or Cerebrus or whatever you want to call it jumps through the window and the original Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I There's a lot of things I think people could choose from the Resident Evil franchise. You could do the, the, the head rolling off and the zombie turning to look at you right before this happens. But I think if there's one scene anyone will tell you, anybody will tell you, was their first horror game memory. It has to be. That scene when you're running down the hallway, it's a long hallway, you have to get from one end to the other, and up to this point, you haven't really fought anything other than some slow-moving zombies, and then all of a sudden, here comes this dog, you hear a crash, jumping through the window, and then starts bolting at you, like a bat out of hell, and you thought you were just going to be attacking groaning, mindless, knuckle-dragging zombies, but no, now you know you have to deal with fucking dogs that run and bark and they shoot bees at you, and they bark out of their mouth with lasers, and you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you can throw all the rest of that away. But, uh, yeah, uh, you don't... This, like, this is the first jump scare of my entire life in a video game, and it is creepy. I would say it's creepy, because, I mean, there's nothing creepy about it. It's just scary. It's just the the lack of expectation of knowing it's going to happen. I still kind of jump every single time I get to that scene with full knowledge it's going to happen, because Capcom just... they. They knocked it out of the park in just engineering the entire scene there and just setting the mood and the expectations and just the not knowing what's going to happen, that fear of the unknown. Because now you're alone in a giant mansion, all your friends are dead, and Barry left for some stupid reason. Let me find out why. Fuck you, Barry. You're also awesome, Barry. And Wesker is a cunt. So, like, you're trying to run around and find your way, and now you have to deal with, like, zombie dogs and you have limited ammo and you have to get high in order to heal yourself and it's very scary uh so there you go the cerberus zombie dog dead dog thing jumping out of the window and trying to gnaw on your your balls or your your minge is number one for me (laughs) that uh that also almost made it onto my list Mm. however this is going to be entirely not surprising by anyone who knows me at all but uh my my number one memorable, emotionally scarring horror experience absolutely has to be pretty much the entirety of the apartment building in Silent Hill 2. Oh, okay. So when you... So you have to keep in mind that Silent Hill 2 was the first game in the series I ever played. So I had 
no preconceived knowledge of what I was getting myself into. And much like the schoolhouse in the first game, the apartment building is really the first significant area that you explore in Silent Hill 2. Now, there's a lot of things I could have picked um, from this game in particular, but also just like any Silent Hill game, like the giant fucking head in Silent Hill 4 that uh, just is there and you can't kill it, but it follows you around with its eyes twitching around and that's nightmare fuel. Um, Sounds unsettling. Or like uh, Silent Hill 3, there's definitely a few parts in there, like when you get trapped in the mirror room. Um, but this is this is, this is is a big one for me and that's why it's my number one is because just that entire thing sets the tone for the rest of this game in such a perfect way um it's something that you like never forget and especially because this was my introduction into the silent hill series as a whole it was particularly impactful from you know getting into the apartment building and everything's very quiet and, and you're waiting for the next shoe to drop and then you know you see pyramid head for the first time just standing there leering at you from the other side of, you know, a set of bars with this ominous red glow. And then, you know, from that to the room that you have to go into a couple of times where the first time you go in, you just see the living room and all it is, is like a lazy boy and a TV and that's it. Nothing too crazy. Right. And then the next time you are, you have to go back into that room to progress, you know, the game, suddenly everything's different. And with the fixed camera angle, as soon as you walk in, you can't see what it is, but you hear TV static and you're like, what the fuck is going on? I was just in this room and you walk in and you see a corpse of a man sitting in the chair watching a TV that's turned on with nothing but white snow and static. And that was one of the moments where I really just wanted to be like, Nope, I am backing <laughs> out of this room and fucking off and never coming back. And when a game like that makes you feel that way, where you know it's a game, but you still don't want to move forward because you don't want to see what's happening or you don't want to know what happens next, that's when you know it's doing something right. And so there's that. And then finally, you know, the infamous sequence where you actually see pyramid head and he's in the little kitchenette area with the other mannequins and then you hide in the closet and then through the slats in the door you watch pyramid head just slowly approach you dragging one of the mannequins behind him and man like i can't even like it i can't even really describe it like that game and those particular sequences especially really like set the bar for me as far as not only quality in horror games, but like what games could do. And that is why it absolutely takes my number one spot because it was just so masterfully done and just completely terrifying. I'm too scared to talk. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think you, we look at our list and there's a lot of resident evil and there's a lot of silent hill and I think that that's really a testament to how how great these series are, even if they're not necessarily scary. I mean, we have a lot of things from the same series, but horror is one of those genres that when you're into it, you're into it. And 
how much it can just like mess with your mind and how much you just don't want to like pick up a controller for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Not because you're emotionally sad or like, oh no, oh my God. It's just like, uh, no, I, I got to breathe. I got to breathe. <laughs> okay. Can I get back into this? Nope. Okay. More breathe, more breath. I can't I mean, smell or talk. I'll be honest. Part of the reason that I actually kind of like the fact that our, our wonderful listeners and patrons want me to play horror games on the stream is if I'm being totally honest is because sometimes I don't want to play those by myself <laughs> because yeah, it at makes least, it a lot easier. It do, it kind of does. Cause at least I'm, do, I, I have a motivation to keep going cause I have people watching. Whereas if I'm by myself, there have definitely been times where I've played a horror game and I've only, I can only go so far bef- before the tension just gets to be so much that I'm like, I need to put this down and go do something else. And so having that like, push to like continue going through is actually really helpful for me because it allows me to get through more of these horror games that I do want to play. Um, but I guess it helps, you know, I don't know, make me less of a fucking pansy. So, so there you go. So thank you for wanting to see me get scared. That that means I can get through more of these horror titles. So (laughs) we love it. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that wraps it up and Thank you for joining us for another flight. Thank you, Tony G, for for providing the topic. And uh, we look forward to the next one. But I guess we need to do the typical exit strategy here and exit performance. So, Shane, how about you talk us out? Yeah, so, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you're listening to this, hopefully you enjoyed this top five. And uh, definitely go and check out our other ones. We've got a slowly but surely growing backlog of, of flight episodes now. We've been doing that for... A hot minute, as well as the rest of our our mainline episodes, talking about specific games and whatnot. And if you don't already know, you can find that with uh, all of our other fun stuff, like the the Patreon or the merch store, if you'd like to support the show that way, uh, or perhaps our our socials to see what we're posting over there, or maybe the YouTube channel or our Twitch streams. It's all it's all there. It's all there. We got. A bunch of stuff for you to check out. And that is all located in one convenient place over at Linktree slash Retro Hangover. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Retro Hangover. And that is where you need to go to find all of the uh, RHP-related goodies. So, uh, Chris, is there something that you would like to tell the fine people before we uh, before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, if you head to twitch.tv slash retro hangover, you too can watch Shane piss his pants in real time. Yeah. Just, just head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover. That's 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday nights. And if you missed that, you can always catch us on the YouTube channel. But yeah, show up for spoopy Shane and his spoopy Sundays. Well, there you go. All right. Well, I guess with all that spoop being said, until next time. Play with your why does it smell like piss joysticks.